Yeah, we do. Okay, so let's hit that one more time. You, 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 you are, you are, be forever the king and God and glorious forever. You are, you are, you be forever the king and God and glorious forever. You are, you are, you be forever the
Even in my darkest moments, this will be the truth I'm holding. The same God who made away is the same God who's here today. No, I just didn't hear it the first time until it was already gone.
Good morning. Are y'all glad to be here this morning? It's good to see each and every one of you. We have, I would say a couple, but we have quite a few uh, events coming up in March. So just hold on, okay? This morning, we're having a spring fling bake sale in the foyer. If you came in on this side, you might have missed it. It's on this back wall. So please check that out. Don't let anybody go home with their cake. That's just awkward, okay? So buy the cakes up. Tonight is Youth Sunday. Brother Stephen will be ministering. Yes. That is always a great time. It's not just for youth. We should just say it's a, a Sunday night with Brother Stephen <laughs> instead of Youth Sunday. It's not just for the youth, okay? We call it Youth Sunday because the youth will be doing the music. They do great, and our youth minister will be speaking. So it's not just for youth. It's just another youth, I mean, another Sunday night. 18th, Journeymen, ages 19 through 39. You will be meeting at Downtown Coffee at 9 a.m. Please contact Brother Les Shoemaker. Brother Les, raise your hand. This is your man right here. They're getting this together for all of you journeymen, and it's a great time of studying God's Word and growing in relationship with one another. The 19th, everybody with me, the 19th, Sister Meyer's birthday celebration. That's always a great time. Yes. <laughs> Sister Alicia, she's normally up here. She's coming right up here. Sister Alicia, she will be in contact with you with what to bring uh, the 24th. This is awkward, but I'm getting married. Tanner's getting married. <laughs> Our wedding is on the 24th at 7 at night, okay? Eat before you come. It's kind of great. I had to make this announcement. We will have cake, though, okay? So stay for the reception for cake. The 26th is our mission pledge due. The 28th is Ladies United Fellowship. Sister Candy Goforth heads that up, and it's a great time always. It's worth it's worth the effort to be there. The sign-up sheet is in the foyer. April 1st, so now we're in April, church-wide prayer and outreach for the prep of the spring fling and there'll be more information about the spring fling but April 1st at 10 in the morning we will be having prayer and outreach and Sister Gabby and some of the other ladies will get with you on that tickets are on sale in the foyer for the 40th anniversary celebration of our pastor and his wife being here if there's someone that would like to uh you to invite please contact sister lisa or sister janita so we can send them an invitation all right y'all got it you're booked up don't book anything for march you got plans okay if you'll go ahead and stand up why don't we just offer a sacrifice of praise before we go into any music god you are worthy of all the glory all the honor go ahead use your voices god we're here to worship you nothing else matters right now god we're Jesus, oh yes, you are holy, Lord, you are holy, so worthy, worthy of honor and praise. You are holy, 
hands. This is not entertainment. This is worship to the one who laid it all down for you. Hallelujah. You are worthy, God. Fill this place. You are worthy, God. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. You've won it all just for me.
That was just a little analogy. God gave me that on the spot. Quite literally, untied my shoes while I was worshiping. Just thought I'd put that out there for y'all. If y'all want to interpret that, however, take it. Go for it. Run with it. No, I'm joking. Thank y'all. Um, I, I'm glad to see everyone has truly lost an hour. It is showing. It is very, it is very much a, a real. Everyone is asleep still. But um, in that, with just uh, this, this small, small analogy came to my mind, this small representation of something was out of place in my life. My shoe was untied. That is just like church. That is just like us as human beings, might I add. You're not going to have everything in order. Your life is never going to be this perfect pieces of puzzles that fit together and just, just work. Instead, your life sometimes, a lot of times, I'm sure a lot of y'all know this more than me, it's going to look like a full puzzle piece with about six pieces missing. And you have six pieces, but none of them fit. And that's, can I be real? I mean, yes. that, that's a lot of times what life is going to feel like. But what determines your outcome of the situation is whether or not you let that bring you down. Whether or not you let your situation dictate your life. Whether or not your shoe's tied and you say, well, my shoe's untied. That's uncomfortable. I can't worship God now. Right? I mean, and whenever we genuinely start to believe that our situations have gotten too big for our God, that's when your life's really going to fall apart. I mean, whenever we start to genuinely believe the lyrics that we were just singing, that every high thing must come down. Every high thing must come down. At the mention of your names, demons tremble and they flee. My God, do we believe that? I mean, it, it doesn't really feel like we believe that. Because once we start to believe that, that's when mountains become moles, hills. Right? That's when that faith of a mustard seed really begins to move the mountains because we say devil I don't care what you got I don't care what kind of bondage you have cancer is not good enough I don't care what kind of loss I've experienced that's not good enough because God I believe that you've already overcame amen man and I believe that and call me young call me naive but I count that as a compliment because I am a child of God. And I never want to get too old for my God where I say, God, I've gotten too mature for that. God, I've grown up too much for that praise. No. So call me young, call me naive because I love that. I count that as a compliment and I have the utmost faith and belief in my God that no matter what I go through, no matter what season I'm in, that God, you're going to get my praise. God, you're worthy of it all, and you deserve it all, and that does not change based on my circumstances or how imperfect I am. We have a few prayer requests we're going to take before the Lord.
some of these which I, I genuinely believe will be met if it is God's will. Sister Renee Flower, amen. By the way, Brother Tony's in the church tonight, today. Coming off a double knee replacement, double knee surgery. Hey, he's still getting his praise. He might not can give as much as he once could, which I believe it will be restored, but he's still here and he's still giving everything he's got. And that's a huge testimony. Love you, Brother Tony. Sister Renee Flowers, Sister Shirley Henson, Sister Chris Anders, Debbie Smith, Michelle, Sister Connie, grandmother's mom, Lori Bramlett, Nelda Doss, Tommy Shalair, Kim Adams, Mitzi Davis, Tony Bowden, Kayla Giberson, Tommy Shelton, Charles and Nell Fleming, Alex Stevens, Lois Weems, Jonathan Crawford, Miller Gambary, Alex Trewick, Bob Bolton, Billy Bolton, Kelly LaRue, Kari Grant, Brother and Sister Trinado, Brother and Sister Proctor, Nelson and Missy Miller, Chaplain Steve Gibbs, Loretta Edwards, Brother and Sister Bristow, George and Mildred Pratt. At this time, if you would like to step out in faith, come down to the front. Our ministers will anoint you with oil. Or if you feel led, please feel free to step in for one of these needs that were mentioned here today. Jesus, I'm very aware and very knowing of the God that we serve. The same God that moved in the Old Testament as well as the New Testament is still the God that we serve here today. The same God that brought His people out of slavery and into the wilderness, you still had control. You still knew what was going on. You still were dictating the outcome. And you still were fulfilling promises. God, I believe that is the God that we still serve here today. I ask in your name that you would fill these needs, God. If it is your will, I pray that that would be done. In Jesus' great name, amen. Jesus is in this room. Here I am, here I am, making this place I stand.
you'll be forever the king enthroned in glorious splendor holy 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 is the lord god almighty moment but in the Bible it says in the last days I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh let me I don't care neither does God neither does pastor what your problems are What your race is, what your age is. In the Bible, it says, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. I don't see any caveat, I don't see any exceptions to the rule of God's word. So when he says, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, we need to be careful that if some people, what they if they don't look like us. We need to be careful that God's not moving. Because he's moving. Brother Matt Ashton came and visited me at work this week on Friday. Buying some plants. Man, love Brother Matt Ashton. I hope you're listening this morning, brother. I know he is. I don't even have to say that. I know he is. But man, we just got to talk. And, and, and the dude, first of all, he can't help but talk about Jesus. Which is how we all should be. But a lot of conviction mm, swelled up in me because we're just talking. He's sitting there talking about Jesus. And he just, the next thing you know, he just starts speaking in tongues. God, we're not in church. We can't do this right now. Man, revival is here. And God is saying, man, I don't care anymore. I don't care where you come from. I don't care what you look like. I don't care what your problems are. Because I'm here and I'm ready to move. And if we have some willing vessels like Brother Matt Ashton that's going to get out there and preach, God's going to move. My God. So what can we do? While all of us are in like minds coming to visit Jesus because we're not perfect, what can we do as like-minded Christians in one accord when there's more than just two of us? Because what's, what, what's it say? Where two or three are gathered together, that's where I'm going to dwell. I don't know, but I'm getting pretty antsy. I'm getting pretty excited to see Jesus, especially when I see a brother Jeff that's on our side. We got a giant on our side. I mean, God is moving. And I don't just mean his physical stature. I mean his spiritual stature as well. 
some things are really going to start to take place in this last day. And my God, I don't care if you're an elder that's been in here for 40 years, or I don't care if you're a new convert that's just been in here today, or if you're a kid that's five years old. Brother Blake, how old, how old, how old is Canyon that was just running around? How old is you, Brother Blake? Ten years old? If God is moving in some ten-year-olds, then my God, at 21, i got to get my stuff together. Woo, revival is here, church. And however you got to get back in step with God, do it. Because revival is here. And God is no respecter of persons, and he's ready to get after it. Oh, at this time, we'll have our ushers come. (laughs) The veil is truly torn. God is moving. God is speaking. If that happens to be through you, don't ever be ashamed of it. Jesus, I pray your will would continue to be done in this place, God, as it is in heaven in our workplaces, in our schools, not just in this this building, but God, everywhere that we go. I pray your spirit would fall on all of our co-workers, on all of our friends, on all of our families, our students, our teachers. Jesus, bless this church physically, financially, spiritually, emotionally, and all the other churches in this nation and across the globe. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I won't be discouraged Even when I'm discouraged I'll remind my soul of all you've done before I won't be distracted Even in the distraction We'll trust the one who's greater than the storm. Said I will trust the one who's greater than the storm. I don't need another reason. I don't need more convincing. The same God who made a way. The same God is here today. Even in my darkest moments, this will be the truth I'm holding. The same God who made a way is the same God who's here today. I won't be shaken, even when I'm shaken.
still pouring it out. Just like the just like the upper room, he's still pouring it out. Yes, he is. He's still proving just how great he is. How great he is. Hallelujah. You've been better. question there's an obvious spirit that is superlative to all things God is he is an ever present help he doesn't disappear when trouble shows up he doesn't run from all the things that are breaking loose in the world around you is more conscious today of what is actually happening in Washington, D.C., in every country of the universe or world. He is an ever-seeing eye. He knows what you're going through. He wants you to know that he knows that. He wants you to understand there is not one demon or one thousand demons or a million demons that can cause your world to be dark every day. The dismality of life is when people do not allow Jesus, the light of the world, to dominate their mind, their heart, their social life, and their, particularly their home life. It is a critical thing in this hour that Jesus Christ came in the form of sin. And through the spirit that created life, he walked through that sinful world. And it's not just a statement. He was tempted in all points such as we and never gave in. That is what it means to have the Holy Ghost. The ghost or spirit that was created with every temptation faced and overcome. That's why in the book of Revelation, the, eighth, the first chapter, eight times, he tells you the success story of faith of receiving the Holy Ghost, of being baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. He shares that with us in such literal and such simple terms that those who are looking for something really weird often run right past the gate or the door that would lead them into life in the superlative. It is an honor that each of you have come today to this particular house. It is an honor to have the Spirit of the Lord be stirred up by worship and by praise. And so today, obviously, I come with a heartbeat for your world.
every school system needs a touch of God. Every church needs to walk in rhythm and in synchronization with the kingdom of God. And so we align ourselves and we also go to the filling station and revive ourselves or fill our heart to maximum potential. And so today, without a question, it's an honor to be here to share things in life with each one of you. Uh, did we get the PowerPoint? Uh, I like to use this because you remember almost 90% of what you see and only 60% of what you hear. And some of you don't even remember that when your wife tells you. It's all right to laugh at church. It's all right to have a great fun at church. It's just that you want to be the church. We have run into a uh, situation in life that few of us ever dreamed would occur. The enemy doesn't care for you to use the word love or saved or exactly any of those words holy righteous, peace, joy. He doesn't mind you using those words as long as you don't fulfill those words. And so he doesn't care. And so then when you go to the wise man in the Bible and he says this, <clears throat> I'm trying to think of a way to illustrate it. Uh, Brother Tanner, you don't have your bottle with you, do you? No, I, I was talking about the bottle, a bottle for a baby. Uh, if you were an adult with the knowledge that we have and uh, your neighbor reached over and got your bottle and sucked on it and handed it back to you, do you think for one minute you'd suck on it? I know some of you that would, uh, if they just rubbed their hand across the nipple of it, uh, you just pass them by on by hope. We come to scriptures like the wise man wrote, and we just, it don't sound like it has a whole lot to do with our life. But he says, one dead fly in the ointment of the apothecarian causes the whole thing to stink. And, uh, I dare say if uh, if you just sneezed over on your neighbor's hand, they would be as quickly as possible easing out to the restroom to wash lest they for some reason forget because you can't always see a sneeze. But you're aware of germs. And so when he said beware of the enemy, because he wants to plant a seed of doubt in your mind. And so what happens is he keeps reminding you of people that started out on the race and fail out trying to tell you that it's impossible for you to become what that Bible says you could be. And so for that reason you have 
people that go to church for a while, and if they're not real focused on the light of the world, the holiness of the world, the righteousness of the world, the peace of God that passes understanding in the world, if they're not focused on that, they will look around and say, well, oh, so-and-so, if he's going to heaven, I know sure I'm going to be there. The psychology of Satan is so mystical, mysterious, and powerful. There would be people in every church house if he wasn't a good devil. Any time that Lucifer could get God's sanctuary emptied from the first two kids God ever had, if he could cause them to leave a place of perfection called Eden, don't you ever doubt it. In a world filled with movies and lifestyle and things that are changing in a negative direction, he would try to tell you there's really nothing to this thing. But how many resurrections does it take to understand that if one resurrected out of the dead, others can too? And so he showed it by two in the mouth of two or three witnesses. Lazarus came out of the grave too. We don't herald that one as much, but it is doctrinally correct because in the mouth of two or three witnesses shall every word be established or you need to at least have two witnesses to con concrete the idea or the philosophy or the concept that that can be repeated. So those are critical statements. It's not about... Do I like the, the nasal voice of a preacher or do I like the loud screaming voice of a preacher? Do I like the word of God? Do I live to eat the word of God? Do I live to have the spirit of God in my life? Because I promise you that book of Ephesians is not written in poverty. It's whosoever will. And God said, I will give you power to overcome through the word and through the spirit. Who would not want that kind of fuel that would cause you to the fly to the highest of education and take the wings of spiritual authority and rise to a superlative in the middle of a chaotic world? Are we in agreement that this is a chaotic social system right now? Why not come out and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and hold the holiness of God and the righteousness of God and the purity of the word and the glory of the blood and the power and the authority in the name of Jesus Christ and put it deep into us and feed our mind every day and feed our spirit every day. God, you are the greatest. There is none like you. There is none beside you. You are the only one who could go through the graveyard and predict how many days you'd be in the grave and how you would come out and you would show them the mystery, mystery of the 
resurrection and 500 people in the book of Luke 24th chapter 500 people watched him leave the top of that mountain and fly away and only a fourth of them went back to get his spirit that tells you the particular average of the sower and the seed there were four grounds and there was one that produced the harvest 25% of those who go to a a facility uh, endure the contradiction and the, f the powers of hell that are breaking loose. Think of how many times the enemy has tried to tell you, you don't need to go to church today. You don't need to pray today. He's talked you out of more prayer meetings that would have provided you more a spiritual authority in your home, your head, your hands. I'm here to tell you the enemy is a deceiver, and he's here today in this, in this setting here, and he's going to be in your car and tell you this is what you ought to focus on, and this is what you ought to focus on, and it's not about telling you don't believe Jesus. Jesus. He's just going to get you to try to believe in so many other things. You just don't have time for Jesus anymore. Goals, purpose, and vision. What is your truest goal? What do you get up for every day? Why do you do and treat your wife so great and your husband so great and your children with mercy? What is that goal that you live for every day with passion? It is necessary for the goal of being a winner or a success that you work and get a fun, uh, as if you're a husband or a, uh, the main a fundraiser or financial person in your home, it is important that you create that cash flow. People like to eat. And they don't like sleeping in gutters. So it's right to have a nice home. And it's right to have a pillow for your bed. And it's right to have quilts for your cold winter days. And it's right to have this. But if you <coughs> make a goal out of having fun, which is the, one of the big things the enemy is really trying to get people to use that word more than they use peace. Did you have fun today, baby? Oh, mother, I was in six classes at school, and none of the kids ever hugged me. When did we ever start saying we have fun at school? No, I didn't have fun. No, I hated going to school. But thank God somebody pushed me out the door and said, if you don't, you're going to get no more cookies. Hello? That's hell not to ever get a cookie when you're a six-year-old. Oh, please, let's be peaceful. I mean, you've got a real life, though. You've got a real future in front of you. You've got a real God living for you. I'm here to tell you it's hell when you can't get a kiss from your wife. You've been a bad boy. We understand hell. We just don't confess it regularly. We just don't let ourselves realize it. Because if we ever get the realization of what hell is, hell is torment.
Hell is a lack of having what you want. Hell is a pitiful setting. That's why I preach hard and that's sometimes why I preach long is because I don't want you living in hell and I don't want your kids living in hell and I don't want our city to be hell. I want them to have a holy God with a holy purpose and a holy goal and a holy future and a glory cloud light leading and guiding them every day of their life. So what is your goal? When you wake up in the morning, is it, oh God, I got to get up, or is God, I want you to lead me through this day? Your purpose in life, if you were trying to please everybody, you've already missed it. It is impossible to please people. Unless you become their puppy. And even then they get ticked off at their dog. And you better not shoot their dog because they'll shoot you. Ladies and gentlemen, we don't go to church to stamp a card that says I'm going to heaven. We go to the house of God to get a bath. Wash me and I shall be clean. It renew in me my goal, my purpose, my, God, my concept of life. Renew the power inside of me. So when I walk out of that door tomorrow, I'm militant. No devil's going to take over my home while I'm gone. I'm going to leave a prayer meeting that is going to create angelic forces. The angels of the Lord surround those people who praise his name who glorify his name they pitch a tent and dwell in a house where people are praying and praising God thank you God for this corn thank you God for this nice heater thank you God I'm here to tell you we, we are grateful for the people that furnish all of that stuff but it is the Lord that gave them the intelligence to furnish you with food and with health and with all the other kind of things only God can do all of that and he deserves all of our praise he deserves our allegiance if you were ever in the military you didn't let a captain come by without and God can walk by many people and they're so caught up in the world that the spirit of God even that furnishes life, brain cells, ear drums, all of the taste abilities, all of that comes from God. You say, I don't need to know all of that. What do you mean? Why does it bother you to be bothered with that? I'm here to tell you, your kids deserve, if you brought kids to this world, you, they deserve to hear what I'm trying to tell you today. That the spirit of the world is absolutely conquering our kids with all kind of lustful indulgences and sidetracking them to this, that, and the other when it is nice to have a good home. It's nice to have a good car. It's nice to have air conditioning. It's nice to have a pantry full of food. But the one who provided every bit of it wants you to praise his name in the morning and during the day or let me just say it like he says it pray without ceasing 
See, so many people have turned prayer meetings into this. God, now I'll tell you what, I'm going to be busy today, and I'm going to be doing my own thing, so I'd like for you to take care and make all my family happy with me, and I wish you could uh, also make my job a little easier, and God, I pray you'd keep my car together so it don't fall apart and I have to spend more money on another one. Hello? It's a real world. But you hear me today, it's a real heaven and a real hell. And I'm here to tell you, we're tasting hell every day. And our kids are being tormented with hell every day. And the social system is being tormented with hell. That's why you feel bad about all the things that are going on in Hollywood. And then you feel bad about what's going on in D.C. And then you feel bad about all that other stuff. You don't have to feel bad. You can feel good knowing whether I live or whether I die. I am in Christ Jesus a new creation. All things are made new and nothing, anything, hallelujah, no weapon formed against me can prosper. I'm here to tell you Jesus on the inside and honoring Him every day, all day long will produce the glory. But you got to have your objective or your goal set. I will serve the Lord with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. Vision. Most people use the word vision as a dream. Just put your hand over both eyes. And you're going to find out what a vision is. You can't see anything. Your mental and spiritual vision has got to be that I need a helper. That's why he says in the book that the Holy Ghost is a comforter. The Holy Ghost is not going to make you go to heaven. You and I appreciate getting the Holy Ghost and we know we have the Holy Ghost because we go all the way back to childhood. Did, did uh, what, what, how old is this baby? Seven months. Look at this. Seven months. Are y'all communicating pretty good? Does this baby speak English? French? Japanese? And yet you know when it's hungry? And you know when it's mad? Have you taught him that? This is no show, sweethearts. This is a real deal. Howbeit in the spirit we speak mysteries. When you talk in tongues, your neighbor can't understand it. But I promise you one thing, hell understands it and heaven understands it. And the comforter or the angels, uh, the, the Holy Spirit inside you is a greater thing than your little GPS system. It directs from all the way over on the other side of the universe an angelic host that's going to come deliver you. And they're going to speak to you in a way and you're going to have knowledge all of a sudden. If you study that book, it's going to be the Word of God. And when the angels of heaven come, they're going to tell you, forgive her. I feel like talking in tongues right now. 
we just won a battle. Every one of you men sitting there just won. Because I'm telling you, God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. And you forgive her and she forgives you. And great peace happens when the children come home from school. It's not one over there, a cold fish on that side and a cold fish on that side. Where's mama? I don't know. Could you feel it? Where's daddy? I can hear less. Oh, that helps those kids feel good. No. No, no, no. The angels of the Lord encamp round about them that fear the Lord and they come to deliver them. I'm here to tell you if you believe in Jesus Christ, you believe you've got at least 10,000 angels that are monitoring your local situation and are logging you in on every time you pray in the Spirit. Howbeit in the Spirit we speak mysteries for the Spirit itself maketh intercession. It's not about being Pentecostal and talking in tongues. It's about talking in tongues because your heart is absolutely focused on the one who created your first breath and will take your last breath and will give your brain the oxygen and and the bloodline that it needs in order for you to be able to leap over a troop and jump over a wall and have a life that's so exhibited by the glory and the founder of life. (laughs) So it just puts it right back on you. Study to show thyself. Not show your wife. Not show your husband. Not show your mom and dad. Study to show yourself approved. Because their proof is in the peace and righteousness and joy in your life. That's kingdom life. The kingdom of God is not meat and drink. It is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. That's not, we don't get people to talk in tongues to tell them they're saved. We get them to speak in a heavenly language as they repent of all their sins and get baptized in the name of Jesus Christ so that when they are praying in the Holy Ghost, the angels literally come down and bomb out those dark angels and feed the mind and the heart and the hands and the feet joy I'm talking about the glory of the lamb I'm talking about the glory of the resurrection I'm not talking about going to a local assembly I'm talking about joining a group of people that love him with all their heart soul mind and strength and they walk daily in the fear of the Lord and they live upright and they glorify the Lord in the way they dress the way they talk the way they live and guess what the stairs are no big deal the worries are no big deal you can go up and you can go down you can live in righteousness and glory because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world I wish some of you men would stand up and let's praise God with a loud stentorian voice. Thank you, God, for coming. Thank you, God, for leaving. Thank you, God, for the promise of coming back. Target, right over there. What's in the one that you live every day for? The gold. That's what you've got to ask yourself. Most everybody can tell what you live for. 
because it'll be what you talk about, it'll be what you aim at, and it'll what you get results from. When you get the right goal, serving God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, you will gladly work on a job to make sure and feed the, pe the wife and the kids and help create an environment in our city and in our county and eventually in our state that the river of living water cannot be denied. I have been loved by God when I didn't want him to love me. But the river just kept coming. Everywhere I went, I found somebody that was in the river of life. And they had more than I had. And I wanted it. I must have lost connection. Somebody say, faith without works is dead. So don't expect a living, good, wonderful kiss if you hadn't been faithful in your job as a wife or a husband. Say, Pastor, that's preaching hard. Do you have any idea how long eternity is? You're already using the word forever way too lengthily and stretching it out. I've been going through this forever. Meaning a day. Maybe a month. For some a year. And we use the word forever. Satan wants to mess up every word that has to do with the continuity of a king. You need never be ashamed. Brother Aaron, would you mind standing up and take all your clothes off? <laughs> Ain't going to happen today, is it? But that God... Sees our nakedness when we're not clothed with righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Getting the Holy Ghost is one thing. It's like being born the first time. But I promise you without the courtesy of a family and without the courtesy of godliness and righteousness... That kid wouldn't have lived. I wish you'd hold it up. Some of these people have never seen this kid that was supposed to die. You're living with a miracle. I mean a real present day miracle. And y'all are another part of the miracle because y'all kept believing anyhow. When you get to that Laodicean church and you may want to reread it, they were naked 
They were not covered by the blood. They walked outside the authority of the name of Jesus or the word. You can't separate the word from his name. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God and the word became flesh. It's in our lesson today. It don't look like we're going to get there, but you need never be naked. Somebody say ashamed. Ashamed is when a man takes a wife and says, I will work and provide and protect you. And then, because he gets ticked off at her, he gets rid of her. Or because he is not what he ought to be, she gets rid of him. Your world is full of it. And they're going to local assemblies all over our city, our county, and our world. Kids ought never to have to rise up in a divided home. Now, I'm not preaching against where you are now, where you are, whatever you've been through. That is what is your history. You can get all of that covered by renewing your consecration and giving God the rest of your life. And you will never have to live in condemnation over what was yesterday. I'm here to preach to you today that he is a forgiving God, a glorious God, a righteous king, a filler of the, of the life and the heart of man who is hungry after God and doesn't forsake the praises that he deserves. The head of all that is going on. Be ye followers of me, even as I also am of Christ. This is the Apostle Paul speaking. Now I praise you, brethren, that you remember me in all things and keep the ordinances as I delivered them to you. But I would have you know. Again, I want to repeat it. My people are destroyed or gone into captivity because of a lack of knowledge. There's a lot of people that don't want to know because they don't plan to perform on the level of God's knowledge. They've seen a few people that look weird to them because of where they live. You cannot appreciate the liveliness of God until you live with the liveliness of God. I would have you know that the head of every man is Christ and the head of the woman is the man and the head of Christ is God. Well, that's a thrill, isn't it? Some of you ladies thought you were the head. No, you're the neck. Come on, folks. Going to the house of God's a real, and it's a real legitimate thing. This is why that we have to have services like this. How many of you have ever been brainwashed? See, brainwashing has actually become such a thing that people going to the church, they, they don't realize the beauty of it. The Bible says the word of God is the washing of the water by the word. Well, where does the word land? It lands in your mind. It is supposed to go from there into your bloodline. Because the life of the flesh is in the blood. 
And the reason that there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved is that Jesus Christ, the only begotten of the spirit world, came in flesh. And that blood was perfect blood because she had known no man. It didn't come from that. And that's why that scripture says that Christ is the head of the church because Jesus Christ gave us a spiritual authority through a name and a new bloodline that came from a spirit. There was not a man that was conceiving in the womb of Mary. She was with child. The one that keeps you breathing can put a seed in a woman's body and furnish it a new future and that baby became the future of the mother. That's huge stuff. But it's so simple when you let it come into your mind and heart that in Him, that one bloodline, God is the head of Christ. God is a spirit. There's not anybody that can prove biblically that he was an entity of flesh. God is omnipresent. That means he's everywhere all the time and anytime. He is God. He is over on the other side of the universe right now keeping all those lights going on over there. He is in the river that's flowing downstream. He is in the air that's providing you oxygen. God is. There is nowhere that God is not. I'm telling you, he said, though I make my bed in hell, God is there. I'm here to tell you the beauty and the, the glory of God is you can accelerate your life into the glories of God or you can live with the light of God in hell and wish forever I would have made some changes back then I wish while I was in a body I could make the changes necessary so I could become a child of God or an heir of God so developing your relationship and realizing that God is a spirit. The Bible plainly declares God is a spirit. No man hath seen God at any time and lived. That's in your Bible. It's just studying it to get a grasp. I would have you know that the head of every man is Christ and the head of the woman is the man and the head of Christ is God. So you have it all spelled out. It's not like you got to go to some Greek, deep Greek school and to figure out, oh, what does all that mean? All you got to understand is head is the one that's in charge or somebody say responsible. Sir, would you mind standing? Did you say to her when you took her to be your bride, in sickness and in health? Probably. Don't feel bad at him. I'm looking at a lot of men right now that wish they were here later. 
when they said, do you take this woman to be your lawful wedded wife to have and to hold from this day forward for better or for worse, richer or poorer, whatever? Do you take her to be your lawful wedded companion so y'all could have a bunch of kids? The man is responsible. He's not the head to go back there and beat her up when she don't do what you want her to do. Not beat her up with words or not beat her up with all kind of feelings. No. Does God treat you that way? No. He says, come unto me, all you that have sinned, and come short of the glory of God, and I will have mercy, and I will forgive you as long as you confess that you did do wrong. Those are huge statements. But you got people all over the world taking a little fragment of the Word of God and trying to make a whole house out of it to protect them from hell and all the diseases and all the things going on. No, 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 no. If God's alive in your spirit, you'll talk right. If God's alive in your home, you'll act right. If God's alive in your life every day, you'll behave right. And I'm telling you, Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Did he say that or not? Now, if he said that, he's coming back to get us. You want to be ready. You don't want to be fiddling around out there playing footsies with hell and flesh. You want to be playing a, a real game, crucifying the flesh and the lust thereof, and for looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Life in the human family has possibles that no other creation has. Your car can do a few things for you. Your stove can do a few things for you. Your mop can do a few things for you. Your broom can do a few things for you. Your neighbor can do a few things for you if you can get them to. There's a lot of things that people can do for you that make you thankful. That's a totally different thing. They can't save you. They could come over there and mop your floor every day and wax your floor every day and clean your carpet every day. And if you're a miserable person, you're going to find something to be miserable about. It's just the way life is because we are incomplete without him. He is the responsible party. So life with a new celestial body, what are you thinking your new body is going to be like? I've been trying to think when looking at you now and thinking of what you might look like over yonder. Sort of look at your husband or wife or a friend and see what you think they'll look like in an invisible container. Right now you can tell them you're too heavy or you can tell them you're too skinny or you can tell them you had not been treating me right. But everything's going to be just right over yonder. But I want to tell you something, what you're going to do. This is the thing that most people have not even looked at. How boring would it be? I had somebody tell me one time, said, do you have any idea what it'd be like to fly around singing the rest of your life? That was their idea of heaven. Just flying around singing. Leave me on earth. Just give me the Holy Ghost. I can't imagine. 
particularly with my singing voice. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to rule and reign with him. Now that puts it in a very different perspective of getting power to move into a dimension we are going to be like God. In Jesus Christ dwelt all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. That's why he could come through a virgin womb. That's why he could come and do miracles. That's why he could come and take the poverty of the, all the religious systems that tried to destroy his influence. You can't destroy influence. You can destroy a body, but I can tell you your memory is going to remember for years what this was like and what that was like and what that was about. I'm here to preach and teach to us both at the same time. You're going to rule and reign with him. You're not going to be an amoeba just carried away with this, that, and the other. I'm here to preach to you today that you're making a choice to either serve the almighty God and rule and reign forever, which is what you've been wanting to do to your husband all the time anyhow. Go get that. Did you forget the bread? I thought I told you three times, get Wheat bread. Ladies and gentlemen, my sheep know my voice. They hear my voice. And a stranger they will not follow. He shows it different ways in different times. But the whole concept is I will follow Jesus the rest of my life. I will surrender my life at an altar. And I will turn my life around. And I can tell you that I have never been sad. And I haven't been perfect yet. I'm preaching to your pastor while I'm preaching to you. I know that. This is love. Love and lust have gotten mixed up. I love that. I'd give my last dollar for that. No, that's lust. You don't know what that is going to turn into. You don't know what that is going to corrupt in a given amount of time. But he is love. And when you tie your love to his love, there is no weapon formed that can prosper against victory. He did not say, you'll never be tempted. He said, many are the temptations, but the Lord delivereth them from them all. And so your world is getting married on lust, and they're using the word love to do it. Oh, I love my car, I love my house, I love this, I love that, and I love this, and I think I love you, girl. Come here and let's get married and see if we can have some kids. You think I'm trying to be funny? You're totally wrong. 
I'm trying to get in the real world with a real situation and a real God and a real devil and a real forever. All of it's real. The hell you're going through is real. But that's only a fraction. You've got hope. And the Bible said you're saved by hope. In other words, you're hoping today that it don't get too rainy so you can do this or you can, you can hope for next month that your car won't break down. Hope is a basic to living every day. You shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. He alone can make you free. He alone is able to do that. So look not, look at verse 8 again. Look not to yourselves that we lose not those things which are have wrought, but that we receive a what? Full reward. You can't do it with a half-hearted heart and come out with full. You can't give half-hearted diligence to your life and come out with full. If you want a full life, give Jesus that place in your life. Mentally, spiritually. Christ is the head of the church. Somebody say responsible party. <coughs> one body, one body, one name went to Calvary. There were three crosses. The one exhibiting this and one exhibiting this level of life. But neither of them could save a world. But the one in the middle produced a climate, forgive them, for they know not what they do. If he could do that at Calvary, he can forgive you today. Though your sins be as scarlet, don't you get down on yourself and don't you feel embarrassed. There's not one of us here today, not one of us here today that's not missed the mark at times. I have had to repent many times over because I missed calculated my complete commitment to him. The Bible says repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ. Tell me why since it's in print that anybody would try to walk outside that covenant. If the banker were making you a million dollar loan and a million dollar loan is nothing compared to an eternity with God. If they recommend and actually make sure you have put up collateral for a loan, why is it so insane to put up your life for a God that says, I'll give you my life for yours? We understand the feelings that go along with it. We understand. My sister, my brother, my granny, my, my mother, my dad. And that's why he put it in the Bible. And I'm, this is going to be harsh, but it's the real way it is. He said, if you don't hate mother, father, brother, sister, you cannot be my disciple. That has beleaguered so many people. Because preachers don't know how to help people understand that. Here's what he's saying. He says it in a very simple way. But he said, 
all flesh has sinned. And except you crucify the flesh and the lust thereof, you cannot be my disciple. You say, Pastor, that's hard. Well, wait just a minute. It's pretty hard to get up and go to work every day. It's pretty hard to live with what's going on in your social system. That's not near as hard as what's going on around your world today. What is hard is to understand that when you crucify your flesh, no longer does the lust of the flesh have the judgment of your thought patterns. When you give your life to God, he is in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. The Word is God. You cannot separate the Word from Him who is incarnate. It's huge. And so in that realization, you crucify the flesh so that the Word of God works in your hands. When people do you wrong, you want to slap them. But what you do, because if you don't forgive your neighbor, you're not forgiven. And I certainly want him to forgive me. So you go over to him and say, look, brother, man, I don't know what's really going on, but I want to tell you this. You're important to us in this area. You're important to us in this church. Oh, I know you misbehaved. You did stupid, man. I, I understand all that. I did too. We've all sinned and come short. But you've got to crucify your flesh in order to give him the kind of worship in order to give him the praise and the obedience and the singers are coming or the musicians, whoever. Ladies and gentlemen, what is it to give your life into a covenantal position of one who has gone through everything you will ever go through and he has come out to be God? And he's calling you, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden and burdened down with the cares of this world. I will give you, for your commitment to me, I will give you a commitment from me to you. I will give you righteousness. I will give you peace. I will give you joy that is unspeakably great. And thus, you see the pictures over and again men in prison in the Bible. They were surrounded by enemy, but they were full of the king and the victory of the Lord. Could we stand? Now I hope if you have not been completely repentive, and it takes faith to repent, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. If you have not been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, the Bible said, neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. At the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. Every tongue shall confess that Christ alone is Lord. The Bible makes it very clear. God was in Christ reconciling the world, watch this pronoun, to himself. 
who came? God in flesh. Who is the head of Christ? God, spirit. The responsible party. God is responsible for every blade of grass. God is responsible for every breath you breathe. But he's not a person. He became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Father just means source. Head means responsible party. God is the head of Christ. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He classifies it. If he was a flesh donor, he would have come in his flesh. God overshadowed Mary. That was not a human. It was not another person. God is a spirit. You don't have to be in any college to understand what the book said. Because if the book is wrong, there is no hell. If the book is right, there is. And we've already tasted every bit of it. Would you sing? And all over this building, would you pray for our city? Pray for our schools. Pray for our teachers. They deserve to have a power inside of them that can compete with the hell they're having to go through in every school. So many workplaces. You are the advantage. You are the plus factor in a social economy that needs a filtering system. And that's the Christ. This altar's open anybody for everybody. If you want to take a few minutes and travail over our city, or if you want to take your faith to a new level and get baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, doesn't mean you're against some person that you dearly care about. It's about your personal life. If you'd like to have the Holy Ghost, this would be a great day. There are prayer warriors all over this place.
Oh, thank you, Brother Mike.